0: Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Pastor Mike told me that you guys were on a series of miracles and he said, you know what, Pastor Bill, but you don't have to preach about miracles. I said, but why wouldn't I? I love the miracles of God. So we're going to stay in the miracles of God. I'm reading from Mark chapter 5. I'm going to start at the 25th verse. I believe God has something special for us. Mark chapter 5, the 25th verse. And we're going to do a little reading today. Is that all right? When you have it, say, I have the word. I have the word. Now, I'm going to tell you something. After today, I need you to do me a favor. Can you do me a favor, focus? Somebody say, yeah. Do not, please, please, please do not tell my church how short my sermon is. I'm going to do 30 minutes here today, but they're used to about an hour and 15, so please don't tell them how short this sermon is. They may get a little jealous of you, okay? Do me that. Mark chapter 5, verse 20. I'm going to start at the 25th verse. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for, somebody say, 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had. Somebody say all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, can I say that again? When she heard oh about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, she thought, she thought, If I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Somebody say, I will be healed. I don't know who I'm coming to talk to today, but somebody's going to be healed today. I will.
1: I will be healed.
0: Immediately, her bleeding, immediately her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around. In the crowd, and he asked, Who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking. Aren't you glad he keeps looking for us? Hallelujah. To see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what happened to her, she came and she fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, she told the whole truth. Somebody say, whole truth. truth. She told it all. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace, for your suffering is over. Your suffering is over. If I could use the subject title today, I would use the subject title, Stop Playing It Safe. Look at your neighbor and say, Stop Playing It Safe. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have you talk to your neighbor a little bit. I hope you acclimated yourself with them for a little bit. Amen. Stop playing it safe. One thing I love about God, but it also frustrates me about God, is that God invites us to participate with him he's not a God that just wants to sit back and do all the work and we just get the overflow but he's a God that wants to engage with humanity Mm. God wants to do life with us he knocks and we open the door we pray and he answers And one of the great things I love about miracles, one of the great things I love about the miraculous is that Christ has a solution to every need we already have. The solution doesn't come when the need appears. The solution is already had already. Mm. But it's not just a solution. It's his solution. Mm. It's our need, but it's. His solution. But a miracle is when God takes our natural hmm, and he adds his super to it and it becomes supernatural. It it supersedes what is to be expected. It, It supersedes what is natural and what is the common outcome. In other words, it's his outcome. And I don't know who I'm talking. I'll just be myself for a moment. I don't know why the Lord brought me all the way here to Raleigh. But just to tell somebody that in the month of September, we are getting ready to experience God's outcome. See, that may not mean anything to everybody, but to some of us who had a hard August, hallelujah, to some of us who had a hard July, a hard June, a hard January, February, March, some of us need to be excited because God's getting ready to turn some things around in our favor. I believe that September is getting ready to be a September to remember. Tell somebody, by the time I get out of September, I'm getting ready to see God's outcome. If you believe it, clap those hands and give God glory. Hallelujah. We see, hallelujah. Y'all, you got to help me because I get so excited sometimes. Sometimes I feel like running, uh, hallelujah, and nobody's even chasing me. Sometimes I just feel like jumping and I'm not even at a basketball game. It's just something about the Holy Ghost. Huh? So I believe that the outcome of God is really seen in this text. We see a woman who is nameless. Somebody say nameless. But she's commonly known as or associated with the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible tells us that she's been dealing with this issue for 12 years. Mm. One of the things that we tend to overlook is the Bible said, guess what? Not only did she deal with this issue, but she suffered many other things. Mm. So not only does she have the issue of prolonged bleeding. But because she is dealing with other things as well, and it's like one thing after the next thing, after the next thing, oh, after the next thing. You ever go through life and it just seems like it's a lot of rainy days? Okay. You ever go through life and it just seems like it's one obstacle after the next obstacle after the next thing? Bible said, not only is she dealing with many things, but the Bible tells us, in other words, and I'm paraphrasing now, that she's broke. Her money is funny and her change is strange. She spent all her money going to doctors. She spent all her money going to people that should have been able to help her. Mm. She's not going to people that she knows does not have an answer. What happens when the people that should have the answer don't have the answer? And let me tell you that sometimes God will align it that way so that you can get to him as opposed to somebody else. Because sometimes God doesn't want us to depend on anybody else but him. My God, she went from doctors to doctors and she has no permanent resolve. Isn't that how life is? But can you imagine what that does to your mind? (laughs) Can you imagine what it does to your soul? Could you imagine what it does to your spirit? My question to you this morning, focus, which is my first point is, are you tired yet? One of the basis of the miraculous, one of the basis of miracles is desperation. Mm. I am a firm believer that nothing will change until we get like my grandmother used to say, until you get sick and tired of being. Oh, y'all know my grandmother too. I didn't, hey, hey, cousins. And when we come to the end of ourselves is when we come to the beginning of God. Nothing, watch this, nothing will ever change, hallelujah, until we get uncomfortable in lack. Mm. There are so many things that God wants to do in our lives, but he can't because we are comfortable with situations that were only supposed to be temporary. We're comfortable with situations that are less than what God has orchestrated for us. He said that we are supposed to be the head and not the tail. He said we are supposed to be the, the above and not beneath. He says you're supposed to be the one lending and not. But until we say where I am does not line up to what God has for me, we'll never be able to see the miraculous. Hmm. If where I am, ask yourself this question if where I am does not line up to what God envisions for me, guess what? Something has to change. That's right. That's right. Mm, something has to change. And can I tell you, can I be honest for a moment, focus? It is in these moments that we have to make a decision. Right. Somebody say, make a decision. Oh, I'm gonna have you talk back a whole lot today. Just don't get used to it. Make a decision. You're gonna make a decision. What is the decision we have to make? Am I going to be hopeful or am I going to be hopeless? Because let's be honest, life has a way of draining everything out of you that you don't even want to hope for anything because you're so disappointed. Anybody ever been disappointed before? Let's be honest. Has anybody ever been disappointed with God before? That you didn't want to pray, that you didn't want to come to church, that you didn't want to fast, that you didn't want to sow because you're disappointed with God. And she has to make a decision in this moment, like many of us have to do. Am I going to still believe that God can do the impossible? Or am I going to just say it is what it is? And that decision is what fuels me every day. That decision is the thing that fuels me that when I come to church, I could sit in my seat the whole service and I could think about all the things that are going wrong. Or I can choose to lift my hands and worship God because the Bible tells us something like this. Hope deferred makes a heart sick, but he does give us the antidote. The antidote, it says like this for the spirit of heaviness. He gives us a garment of praise. So when I get to church and when I go through some things, I don't worry about what I'm going through. All I worry about is who God is. And in that moment, I begin to lift up my hands and say something like this. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah. Focus, can you help me for 30 seconds? Just praise God in spite of what you're going through because God is still worthy. Even on a bad day, he's worthy. Even when I'm crying, he's worthy. Weeping may endure for a night, but sure, look at your name and say, I may be crying now, but by the end of service, God can turn it around. I'm sorry I gotta calm down, focus, but I feel the power of God because somebody in this room is getting ready to get hope again. Somebody in this room is getting ready to say, God can do the impossible. He can do anything but fail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some trust in horses. Others trust in chariots. But we will trust in the name of the Lord. For the name of the Lord is a strong talent. The righteous one therein. Hallelujah. And they are saved. This life is not a life about feelings. This life is a life about decisions. And I choose to believe God. Ah! Even when it's hard, I still choose to believe God. My God. So she has to make a decision. Hallelujah. Will I be hopeful or will I be hopeless? I feel like somebody just made a decision to be hopeful. The Bible tells us that, like I said, hope deferred makes a heart sick. And I want to encourage everyone under the sound of my voice. Trying to calm myself down, y'all. Because I feel God in this room. That whatever you do and whatever you're going through, don't lose hope. It's connected to God. Don't lose hope. Now, the next point is this. Are you willing to seize the moment? Because hope, you have to do something with hope. Are you willing, somebody say, to seize the moment? Mm. Bible says it like this. Now, when she heard about Jesus ah uh, now when she heard about jesus now when she heard i heard the bible say something like this faith comes by hearing. okay when she heard something began. that's why you got to be careful what you listen to because your whole life can change by what you hear that's why you got to make sure you get to church on sunday so you can hear a word from pastor mike that will change the trajectory of your life because faith comes by hearing When I, when she heard, she thought to herself because what you hear becomes a thought. And now she says, if I could just touch him, touch the hem of his garment, the hem of his tallit, I will be healed. A woman who had been sick hears about Jesus. Jesus is passing. Now, you got to understand something. Y'all are right with this for a little moment. This story is situated within a larger story. It's situated within the story of a man, a religious leader by the name of Jairus. Jairus comes to Jesus. He's like, yo, Jay. Maybe he didn't say it like that. That's how I envision it. Yo, Jay, my daughter is dying, and I need you to get to her. Jesus says, I'm on my way. Jesus begins to follow Jairus, and on his way to follow Jairus to Jarius' house, he encounters this woman. Hmm. I would like to say he collides with this woman. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There's a collision happening in the text. Now, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, we used to have a thing called Sunday school. Yeah. Right. Anybody know anything about Sunday school? Right. Your parents had to drag you there like two services in one. My God. Right. <laughs> but they used to use these big words, right? I didn't know anything about them. Um, It was to describe the attributes of God. Uh, They were cool words. They were just confusing to me. We didn't have a hooked on phonics for church, right? Right. So I used to jack these words up, these three words. I call them the omni triplets, omnipotent, omnipotent. Yeah, I already jacked it up, right? That means all powerful, omniscient, all knowing, omnipresent, always present. Aren't you glad God is always present? Like, no matter where you go, he will find you in your darkest hour. He's always present. Now, these attributes really strike me, me, but there's one that really, just really draws something out to me. It's omniscient, meaning that God is all-knowing. Somebody say all-knowing. In other words, that means that nothing catches God by surprise. Okay, I'm going somewhere. Nothing catches God by surprise because he's all knowing. In other words, he will orchestrate a scenario just so you can get what you need because nothing catches God by surprise. So in other words, he knew he would have to get to Jarius' house and on his way to Jairus's house, he will encounter this woman. Mm. And when he got to Jairus' house, it would be a foreshadow that he can raise the dead because he himself would be raised one day. He knew if he would be passing by, it would give this woman who had an issue of 12 years, which is the same age as Jairus' daughter, a chance to get to him. He would be in her proximity. Let me say it like this. God will orchestrate a way to bring you to your healing. God will orchestrate a way to bring you to your deliverance. Let me give you some intel like this. In the Old Testament, the Bible uses this phrase, and you're probably like, how does this match with this? I'm going to tell you in a moment, right? The Bible uses this phrase. It says that God prepared a great fish. We're talking about Jonah here, that God prepared. Somebody say prepare. In other words, that means that God was intentional before Jonah got there that he prepared a fish because he knew the moment was coming. This is what I'm trying to tell somebody today. God already knew that you were going to be here this morning at Focus Church, and he orchestrated the atmosphere. He even orchestrated who you were sitting next to. He even orchestrated who was going to preach today so that you could get what you needed. The Bible says it like this. He says he, says, he knows the ending. From the beginning. The reason, now to me, it would seem like he would have to know the beginning from the ending. But if he knew the beginning from the ending as opposed to the ending from the beginning, that means time would catch him by surprise. So, what God does is he starts at the end and he works his way to the beginning. Hallelujah. In other words, so that nothing would catch him by surprise. So the need that you have, let me go ahead and prophesy to you. God already knows. Because if he worked with time, he would be caught by surprise. But he's omniscient. All knowing. So he creates an atmosphere. And um, as you can hear today, my voice is kind of going out a little bit. It's, if, I didn't, if I had it all, I'll be hollering all day, right? Probably to your benefit, so praise the Lord, right? (laughs) But the reason my voice is going out is because the seasons are changing. Even this week alone, we we went from being able to swim and going to the pool, which I love, to like, oh, maybe I need a jacket. Maybe I need a hoodie or something like that, right? The seasons are changing. And one of the things I love about it, because the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, to everything, there's a season. And we know, we know, we know the seasons, right? We know we know fall is on its way for you pumpkin spice lovers. Yeah. We know winter will come after that, and after that will come spring, and after that will come summer. But there's always, there's another season we tend to overlook. And some of you are probably like, hold on, I thought Pastor Mike said this boy went to Duke. <laughs> I only know about fourth seasons. No, 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 no. There's another season called Duke. Do yes it's called due season, dew season. Yeah. let me give you the scripture in due season you will reap a harvest of blessings if you think not God has a season that is predicated for your deliverance that is a season called reaping and I don't know who I'm talking to today in focus but I want you to know due season is upon us for every one of you that cried due season is upon us and get ready to reap get ready to reap it's due season. So God orchestrates a moment. Somebody say he orchestrates a moment. He orchestrates a moment, orchestrates a moment meaning that your situation has an expiration date. Yeah. I can shout the prayer all by myself. Yeah. Your season, your problem, your, your struggle, it has an expiration date. Come on, come on. Mm. So now that he sets up the moment, the question now is, Will you seize the moment or will you play it safe? Come on, come on. Now, preacher, why would you say play it safe, okay? Um, because the miraculous sometimes is dangerous. Mm. Russell, calm down, calm, calm down. You only got seven minutes, calm down. It's, it's dangerous. Somebody say dangerous. Uh, so you got to ask yourself, am I going to play it safe or am I going to risk it? OK, according to the Levitical law uh, in Leviticus, chapter 15, we'll see that when a woman has a discharge of blood um, that is beyond normal, she is considered unclean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for 12 years, she's considered unclean. This means that her husband, maybe even her children, cannot even eat the food that she cooks. Right. Right. Could you be could you imagine cooking food and your family comes home and they're like, we're not hungry? <laughs> what do you mean you're not hungry? You're going to eat this food, right? She cannot sit upon chairs because every chair that she sits on is now deemed unclean. Mm. People cannot touch her because if they touch her, now they are deemed unclean. Guess what? She can't even go to church because if she goes in a crowd, the people that are around her in her proximity will be considered unclean. Mm. So she has to make a decision. Am Am I going to go into a crowd where I am not supposed to be? to get my healing, or am I going to stay here and play it safe? Right. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You will miss 100% of the opportunities you never go after. That's right. uh, sometimes you got to say to yourself, if what I've been doing has not been working, it's time for me to do something else. Yes. Yes. The enemy's hope is to get you to be so afraid that you don't even go after the things of God. Mm-hmm. Bible says like this, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, yeah. but of love, power, and a Sound. She has to make a decision. What am I going to do? So she risks it all. She gets down low enough. She crawls through the crowd that she's not supposed to be there. And she touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus says, who touched me? Now the disciples are like, like, you see all these people touching me? Which lets me know something, that you can have hundreds of people in the room, and some can walk out the same way they came, and others can be in a room and be healed. What's the difference? Somebody had expectation. Somebody this morning may have came to church because somebody told you to come, but some of us came because I need something from God. And if God doesn't do it, I don't know what's going to happen. My family. If God doesn't do it, I don't know what's gonna happen in me. He said, No, but something is different about this touch. Hallelujah. Because hallelujah. Because this touch, I lost some virtue. This touch, she pulled something from me. And the Bible says that she comes forth. She's scared. She's trembling. And the Bible says, and she tells him the whole thing. Somebody say the whole truth. Now we like to see this as one scripture leading to the next scripture leading to the next scripture. But she's got 12 years of a story to tell. He's on his way to Jarius's house and he stops to have a conversation with this woman. Long enough for her to tell him everything. Mm -hmm. And he says something to her. He says, daughter, your faith has most versions say it like this has made you whole right. Hmm. I could deal with that for a whole moment but I'm not but I will because I thought in the beginning of the text that she said all she wanted was to be healed but he said I got more than you for that than healing I got something called wholeness in other words I'm not just gonna heal you I'm gonna complete the work I don't know who I'm talking to in this room today, but I come to tell you, God is getting ready to complete the work. You came in for one thing, but God said, I got more for you. I got more for you. I got, I got more for you. Hallelujah. I got more for you. Something's happening in this atmosphere. He said, I got more. You came to be healed, but I'm going to make you whole. Why? Because you were willing to risk it. And he says this. He says, daughter. Remember I told you in the beginning of the story, we just consider her to be the woman with the issue of blood? How does she go from the woman with the issue of blood to daughter? I believe, I believe with my Holy Ghost intuition that the reason he calls her daughter is because in this moment, she looks most like him. Bible says it like this. Now, beloved, we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we see him, we shall be like him. And we shall see him as he is. In other words, when we get to that point, we're going to look like our daddy. And I believe this move that she makes. He says to her, oh, it's in this moment that you look most like me. Somebody say, how? Because in a few short moments, he would take a risky move. He would go to the garden of Gethsemane. He would ask his father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But then he would say a word, say, nevertheless, thy will be done. It's a risky move. He knew that he would be the first one to go to the cross and die for our sins. And he would be wounded for our transgressions. And he would be bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace would be upon him. And by his stripes, we would be healed. So I believe in this moment, he says, that's my girl. Looking like her father. That's my girl. You ever see your children and, they, and you're like, where did they get that from? You're like, they had to get that from me. Or they say, that you just like your daddy. Because she chose, hallelujah, not to play it safe. And I want to let somebody know. Let's stand all over this room. I feel the spirit of God. I want to let somebody know. Stop playing it safe. Every church I've been to in the last season, this is what the Lord has pressed upon my heart to tell people that the heavens are open. That the opportunities are open. Put the application in. Start the business. Men of God, slide into her DM. Take advantage of whatever God puts in front of you. Knowing that your faith will make room for the miraculous. The Bible tells us like this, for faith without works is dead. Can I tell you something? One more thing and I'm done. I'm doing good with my time. Maybe not as good as the first service, but I'm doing all right. We like to talk about grace, and I love grace. Thank God for grace and mercy. We used to sing a song, your grace and mercy brought me through. I'm living this morning because of you. But eventually, the opportunity will cease. It won't always be there. Eventually, the waters will part. You remember the children of Israel when they're getting ready to cross over the Red Sea? What happens? The water, but eventually, it closes again. And you gotta make a decision. When the waters come back together, what side will you be on? I don't know about you, but I wanna be on the side that God is. I want to be on the side that miracles are. I want to be on the side of the miraculous. So let us pray. Father, we thank you that we are never going to be comfortable in a place that's lower than you. Hallelujah. We thank you, oh God, that in this season we're not going to play it safe any longer. We're going to go after everything you want for us. Hallelujah. If you tell us to go, we're going. If you tell us to say it, we're going to say it. Hallelujah. God, we want everything you have for us. We want every miracle you have for us. We want to experience the goodness of you. We bind the spirit of fear. We bind the spirit of hesitation. We bind the spirit of procrastination. Father, this time we won't let the opportunity pass until we get to the other side. Father, we're going and we're going with you. Help us to take the risk in Jesus name if you believe that I want you to clap your hands and make some noise all over this place and give the God of miracles a worship thanks again for joining us and thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible you can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com if you enjoyed the podcast you can subscribe share it with your friends and while you're at it Take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at MyFocusChurch. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.